0: Good afternoon. How's your Monday so far? Is it good? Blessed by faith. Amen? Amen. Why don't we start with a word of prayer and let's ask God to bless us. Father in heaven, right now we just bow our heads and we thank you so much for all the blessings you've given to us already. Thank you for a wonderful weekend. And now as this week begins, Lord, we just pray and ask that our hearts and our minds would be on you. The Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. So Father, right now, we want to place a priority on you and your kingdom, and Lord, we know you'll take care of everything else. Thank you, in Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right, let's go to this concept of choosing right, choosing right, and we're going to understand why this is even important. You know, I was studying up the Bible yesterday, and I came across a very powerful passage. A passage that has to do with the people who existed before the time of the flood. Take a good look at what existed before the time of the flood. Genesis chapter 6. Now it came to pass, when men begin to what? Multiply on the face of the earth. In other words, there was a population explosion taking place right before the flood. And daughters were born to them. Now notice this. That the sons of God... Notice that key word right there. What's that next word? Saul. Now notice this. That the sons of God saw the daughters of who? Men. Notice this. There are two kinds of people that exist right before the flood. There are the descendants of Adam's son Seth. They were called the sons of God. The Bible says they begin to call on the Lord. And then you also had another category of people. You have the descendants of Cain. The first rebel um, who left Adam's, you can say, family. Now, notice what the Bible says. When these two begin to mingle, in other words, as population began to really grow, you basically had some people that were on fire for Jesus, and then you had some people that were very, very rebellious against Jesus. And you know what happens when you mix hot and cold together? Lukewarm. In other words, what existed right before the condition of the flood, a very lukewarm condition. Now, what's the big deal? The big deal is this. God had set up righteous people and righteous ideals to withstand the onslaught of sin and destruction and decay. But when those righteous people and righteous ideas became apathetic, what began to take place was this onslaught of sin and destruction and violence. So here it is. God's righteous people are now mingling with people of the world. And so look what happens next. And they took wives for for themselves of all whom they what? Chose. Do not forget that phrase. And the Lord said, my spirit shall not strive with man forever, for he is indeed flesh. Yet his day shall be 120 years. There were giants on the earth in those days. And also afterward, when the sons of God came into the daughters of men and they bore children to them. Those were mighty men who were old, men of renown. Then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every intent of it, the thoughts of his heart, was only evil continually, and the Lord was sorry. In other words, a mixture began to take place. None of this righteous ideals began to be very present. And so what happens was this onslaught of sin and destruction and violence. Nobody was checking what was taking place on earth. In fact, the Bible was describing how even... The seed of the godly were mixing with the seed of the wicked. And even uh, the physical characteristics were being somewhat altered during that time. And so this was taking place right before the flood. But I want you to notice what was causing the main issues. Take a good look at that. That the sons of God saw that the daughters of men, that they were what? Beautiful and that they took wives. Is there anything wrong with marriage, ladies and gentlemen? There's not? Of course not. Thank you. (laughs) One person. All of a sudden, you guys lost. Maybe there is something wrong with marriage. Why are we here? Okay. But notice this. There's nothing wrong with marriage as long as it's following God's plan. Take a good look at this. What was wrong with the way they were getting into relationships? Tell me. Raise your hand. I I can't hear everybody. What was wrong with the way they were getting into relationships? Yes, over there in the corner. It was all about me. Okay, where do you find that? They wives for themselves, all In other words, their criteria was only their desire. Nothing but that. Very good. I appreciate that. Notice this. They set up this criteria based upon one thing and one thing alone. What was that? Looks. Beauty. And then they took that criteria and they said, we're going to do what we want. You see, even Jesus refers to this time. He says, hey, it's going to be like Noah's time when I come back. They ate, they drank, they what? Married. There's nothing wrong with marriage. But the problem is God had no priority in that passage whatsoever. So God had no priority as far as these unions that were taking place and it had a very detrimental effect. Now, their only intention was, of relationships was self-satisfaction, pleasure-seeking, and the character of God was lost. Now, I'm going to ask you a question right now. Why don't you tell me what is the purpose of marriage? Okay, raise your hand. To find your other half. Okay, very good. Anybody else? What's the purpose of marriage? Yes, over there. To bring glory to God. Anybody else? Yes. Josh. To reflect the image of God. To the image of God. Very good. Anybody else? Yes. James. To serve. To serve. Okay. Anybody else? Huh. Yes. To complete, your to complete your ministry. Anybody else? I feel like it's the closest we can come to the love that God has for us. The closest we can come to the love that God has for us. Very good. How about you in the back? <laughs> Very good, very good, very good. Okay, now here's the thing. I'm going to introduce something to you. Now, at first they say, you may think to yourself, this is not applicable to all people. But as I was praying about this several years ago, I was trying to understand what is the purpose of marriage. I was led to a text that most preachers, most speakers will never hone in on when it comes to marriage. But I want you to see this because this is 100% biblical. Take a good look at this right here. The Lord has been witness between you and the wife of your what? God had a big problem with the priest during Malachi's time. Look what it says. With whom you also have dealt what? Treacherously. Yet she is your companion and your wife by covenant. But did he not make them one? Now notice this. Having a remnant of the spirit and why one? Notice this next phrase. He seeks godly offspring. Let me ask you a question. According to Malachi why would god bring man and woman together in union what is one primary purpose not the primary purpose alone but one primary kind of purpose of marriage okay very good okay Um, I don't speak Shakespearean English. Can anybody else tell me what that means? What is it? Godly children. Now, have you ever thought that the Bible actually teaches this kind of concept? I mean, we sort of imply it and we say, yeah, God wants godly children. But take a good look at this. This is why God brings people together. He says, he seeks godly what? God wants converted children from your family. He wants you to have a godly family because as somebody once said, one of the greatest pictures on earth of God, who God is, is a what? Godly family, right? And in the heavenly communion or the heavenly companionship, what do you have? You have the father, you have the son, and you have the... The the Holy Spirit, right? You see more than just a a dual companionship. You also see the presence of somebody else as well. Take a good look at this. Having a remnant of the Spirit. And why one? God doesn't just seek children. What kind of children does he want from you? Godly Godly children. God wants from you godly children. You want to know why? Why? To further his ministry. Very good. Anybody else? Anybody else? What's the purpose of godly children? Yes. That's right. Very good. Right? Some of you probably thinking, I just want to have my cute children sing in church. Right? <laughs> no. That's not the only purpose. Anybody else? Yes, over there. Uh, fulfill to, to fulfill God's covenant to Abraham. Very good. Anybody else? Godly society, very good. And by the way, what happened to the people before the flood? It became a corrupt society. The children themselves were causing the corruption that the parents failed to check. Very good. Yes. Uh, with, um, to the yes, powerful witness, right? Remember we talked about a, a godly family. Look, here's the thing. Whenever, if I go door to door and I'm knocking on doors, right? People see a six foot tall Indian, hairy, and they say, "Uh, oh, we're not going to even open up the door. But you know what? If I have a cute little kid with me and I say, why don't you knock on the door? They knock on that door and they say, oh, look at this cute little kid. You know what they do? They open that door. There's a powerful influence. You're wondering, where do you get kids? You know, going outreach with a family sometimes. They'll say, hey, they'll be watching and they want me to train their their child to do door-to-door outreach or some kind of evangelism. But it's so awesome to see, especially when the the kid is of a different race. It's really funny when they see this little white kid, this six-foot-tall Indian. But here's the thing. Take a good look at this. God wants to further the gospel commission. Your family is going to be the greatest picture of God on earth. And how you communicate that, how you come to that place is very important. Now I want you to think about this. If this is one of the primary purposes, okay, we're going to understand a little bit more about the criteria we should have when we're choosing a spouse. Someone as a potential spouse, okay? Okay. So I'm going to be asking the question right now to the women. So men, make sure you are writing. Non-negotiables. In other words, these are things that you cannot equivocate on. Okay? You have negotiables and then you have non-negotiables. By the way, what is a non-negotiable? No, no, I'm not telling you give me one. I'm actually telling you give me a definition. Okay, raise your hand. It's a deal breaker, right? If they don't have this, in other words, it's not going to work, okay? What would you say is something you could negotiate on? What would that mean? Huh? Yeah, you can work with it, right? You got some flexibility there, right? So when it comes to the criteria of choosing a spouse, and by the way, you may be already married or in another relationship, but I want you to know something. This is going to be very important for your children one day or some ministry you may have at church. So just try to pay attention to this. I want you to tell me, ladies, what is a non-negotiable for men? That they must absolutely have this criteria. Oh, come on. I know you guys talk about it at night. (laughs) Sisters come over in the dorm room. Come on. You're like, he better have this. Yes. Studies Studies the word. Amen. Anybody else? I mean, here is, you guys are having the chance right now to pick your dream husband <laughs> that could potentially be in this room. <laughs> Just made it really awkward. Okay. <laughs> Here's the chance right now, okay? And by the way, this is going to go on Audioverse, so it's going to be open to tons of people too. Okay, yes? Someone had their hand raised over here? A huh? practicing believer. Huh? A practicing believer. Very good. Anybody else? A non-negotiable. I mean, you've got to be like, okay, how about you, Jenessa? Loves. oh wow, that's good over there. Anybody else? Yes. A man after God's own heart. A man after God's own heart. Okay, anybody else? Hard working. Hard working. Very good. Anybody else? Yes. A desire to save souls. A desire to save souls. Very good. Anybody else? Yes. Honest. Honest. Very good. Anybody else? Yes. Humility. What is it? Humility. Humility. Very good. Okay. Now, okay, now hold on a second. You guys have been very good at giving me a lot of characteristics. Now, I want you to be very specific with me on what that means. Go ahead. A specific characteristic. Yes. He what? You want him to be a good father? How would you know that? Okay, but no, that's very good because that's probably what we're going to deal with when you're, when you're I don't want to call it spiritual stalking, but when you're like <laughs> <laughs> checking things out, okay? That, we're going to cover that. Okay, anybody else? I want you to be very specific with me. We don't have too much time. Yes, how about you over there? To animals. That's one of mine. Oh, okay. <laughs> so what if they don't have any animals? How they treat other people's animals. That's amazing. <laughs> Serious. That's okay. No, absolutely. A non-negotiable. Anybody else? Come on. You're just like, they better have this. Here, just, just, I want you to think about this, okay? God is asking us what is the desire of our hearts. And if you guys, and I know you women have thought about this and written journals and letters, <laughs> notes, dreams, you name it. So here's the time to do it. Ladies, tell me. Very specifically, yes. So someone who exercises and is a vegetarian. Someone who exercises and is a vegetarian. You like that's a deal breaker. If they don't have that, they're gone. Okay. Wow. Men, I hope you're taking notes right now. Okay. Yes. i a handyman. Someone can change a tire. Okay. What's the key word? What's that word? There's another word. It starts with the I. Industrious. Very good. Okay. How about you over there? A serious, a serious snowboarder. Is that what you just said? Oh, ski or snowboarder. Okay. Wow. Men, are you listening to this? I mean, they're, they're, I mean, it's just like, I never thought that was a non-negotiable. That is amazing. Okay, wait. I'm going to challenge you over there. What if they are the Brad Pitt of Adventism? Or wherever you, you know, whatever church you go to, okay? They got everything. But they weren't a snowboarder. They didn't like snow. Is that a deal breaker for you? I'm from Colorado. Deal breaker? Deal or no deal? Like, I mean, they just walked into the room, and I mean, it's just like. Wow. <laughs> to each is his own. Hey, you know what? You have to respect that, right? Some of you had weird deal breakers too, okay? <laughs> one more, one more. Over there. Someone who knows how to clean house. <laughs> wow. Someone who knows how to clean a house. Okay, now here's the thing. Men, it's your turn now. Ladies, I hope you're listening up. Non-negotiables. You're like, okay, here's the criteria. They have to have this criteria. You can be general. You can be specific. I prefer specific. Okay? You're like, they absolutely need to have this characteristic or they're not even coming five feet within me <laughs> or with, close to me. Yes. Okay. Right there. It's a healthy lifestyle. That means eating right and exercising. Okay. Very good. What if they have the body of a model and they don't exercise? It's only going to get worse over time. <laughs> it's only going to get worse over time. Very good. It's okay, hold on. What do you got right there? Yes, Nick? It's intellectually stimulating. Intellectually stimulating. Uh, Nick, can you tell us what that means, actually? <laughs> You enjoy getting lost in conversation with them. Okay. <laughs> Nick just scored a lot of points right now. <laughs> Anybody else? Anybody else? Yes. Specific characteristics. Has to, Has to be supportive. Okay, could you be a little bit more specific? When the gets tough, she's still there, could you be a little bit more specific? Okay. During dead week. During dead week? She helps you stay calm. Very good. I appreciate that. Very good. Someone who has a calming influence. Yes, over there in the back. <laughs> Knows how to cook what? You can buy Taco Bell, warm it up in the microwave, call it cooking. What would you be Be specific. What kind of food? Starting from scratch? Kind of cooking? Okay, rice, beans. We know what category of women you're looking at right now. (laughs) How about you, Jai? Has to be what? Artistic and creative. Okay, could you be more specific than that? Give me an example. Pottery, painting, drawing. Something that she's working on her own. Okay, something she's creating or building. Very good. Okay, now here's the thing. Okay, I really appreciate this, and you guys have been very specific, which is very (laughs) snowboarder-specific, right? (laughs) And uh, that's been very, very good, okay? But here's the thing. Even the world has many of the characteristics you have established, and there's nothing wrong with that, but here's the thing. If that's all it is, though... We're in no better of a condition than the people before the flood, right? Now, I'm going to share with you several non negotiables. I actually texted, emailed, talked to a bunch of my friends from counselors to pastors to people who are in wonderful, happy, godly relationships, and I was able to hone in about six different characteristics right here of non negotiables. In fact, Some of them are in dating relationships. And I asked them, does that person contain these characteristics? They said, absolutely, 100%. And here they are. Okay, non-negotiables right here. Number one, they've got to be Christ-centered. Number two, they've got to have a wonderful character. Number three, there's got to be compatibility. Number four, communication. Number five, commitment. And number six, what? Chemistry. Chemistry. Now, do you believe all of those are non-negotiables? You tell me. Could there be one of those you can do away with? You know what? Here's the thing. I I don't call myself conservative or liberal. I call myself practical. Okay? And anything I put up or anything I talked about, the reason why I share it is because there are practical ramifications of this. And to me, it just works. So I want you to tell me, is there something up here you think that you could do without? Come on, not even one? Oh, you, you can get away with one of those. No, but they're not, they're not specific Yeah. Okay. <laughs> now, here's the thing. It's not my job to tell you how specific these things should be. My job is to tell you these are the right categories. So I want you to mark those categories down. Okay? In the next few minutes, I want you to tell me really quickly, non-negotiable, Christ-centeredness. Should they be Christ-centered, yes or no? Okay, why don't you tell them what that means now? They have, they have a relationship with God. Okay, I know a good Hindu that has a relationship with gods. Why don't you be specific? They strive to be more like Christ. They strive to be more like Christ. Gandhi strove to be more like Christ as well. He's a pretty cool guy. Too. He's a pretty cool guy. Would you marry the female version of Gandhi? They smell the same. Not if they've eaten a lot of curry. Okay. <laughs> Anybody else? Anybody else? Tell me real quickly. Be very specific. Because if all you know is just Christ-centeredness, what I'm saying is this. One of the reasons why we have trouble and sometimes get into the wrong kinds of relationship is because we've kept the non-negotiables very general. And so oftentimes I hear people like, yeah, I want you to meet Roy. Roy's coming to the church right now. He's spiritual. I'm like, okay, what does that mean? And, you know, they'll say, well, he feels very happy when he's around me. (laughs) Okay, anything else? You see what I'm trying to say right here? So I want you to be specific. You tell me what that means, Christ-centered. They should be Christ-centered. All of you agree unequivocally, these are the absolute non-negotiables. So what I am telling you right now is you be specific and you tell me. Yes? Okay, someone who goes to the same church as you do. Okay, very good. Anybody else? Yes? Okay, what does that look like? Okay, very good. Yes, over there in the back. Uh, to have a desire to keep God-centered in, in major decisions within the relationship. Okay, if you were to look at that practically, what does that look like to you? It means, Give me a practical specific of that. I mean, if there's a big decision, like if we're going to move somewhere or we're going to have a kid, let's have God through prayer. Okay, very good. I appreciate that. One more. Yes? Spends time in daily communication by themselves. Ooh, I like that. You guys hear what Jai just said? Daily or spending time communicating with God. Daily, daily. Very good. Number two, character. What does that look like to you? Everyone's got a character, right? Tell the truth. Huh? That's communication. That's both, right? Okay, be specific though. Uh, well, they don't lie. They don't lie, okay. <laughs> okay, yes. Very good, anybody else? Where might this category start seeping into? What kind of things? Huh? Synapses. What does that mean? Finances. finances. I thought somebody said synapses. (laughs) I think we're in the wrong class here. It's the class afterwards. No, but very good, right? Finances, very good. Look, here's the thing. It would surprise you how many Christians do not have integrity during tax time. It would surprise you. It would surprise you how many Christians don't pay tithe. It would surprise you how money is actually earned by a lot of Christians. Here's the thing. Integrity is of utmost value to have. You want to know why? Because if you can trust them in finances... And you can trust them in a lot of things in your life. Here's the thing. You're going to be able to trust them when you're not around them and they're surrounded by people of the opposite sex. Right? How are they when they're around people of the opposite sex? Are they flirtatious? Or are they somebody who has integrity and dignity to themselves? Okay, number three, compatibility. What does that mean? Friendship, right? That's general, right? You can be friends with a dog. We're compatible, right? Right? I want you to be specific, though. Anybody else? Be specific on what that means. Same interests. Same what? Interests. Same interests. Okay. Can you be more specific? Uh, nature. Okay. Very good. Very good. Right? Are there some people who love nature here? Raise your hand. How many people do not love nature? <laughs> City boys. No, I grew up in Orange County. I didn't like nature in the beginning, either. But I started to love nature. I actually got into four-wheeling for a long time. There was this one time, this this female that was interested in me. And I knew she was not interested in some of the same things that I was interested in. And I was talking to her one day about four-wheeling. And she says this to me. I'd like to go the (laughs) four-wheeling. And maybe I was just being too judgmental. Anybody else? (laughs) Anybody else? Yes. Okay, when does the compatibility stage start? Not compatibility, compatibility. <laughs> when does that stage start? Although they maybe overlap. <laughs> when does that stage start? When you guys get married? Uh, by the way, first conversation. Oh wow, first conversation. In other words, you should learn about this during the what kind of stage? Friendship stage, right? Friendship stage. One more person. What else does this mean? Yes. Yeah, similar to what Nick said, right? There's this kind of, you just feel like you can intellectually engage them, right? Very good. Okay, communication, conflict. What does that mean? When you're looking at non-negotiables, you're like, they've got to have communication. What does that mean? Yes? they will listen to your feelings and ideas and respect them. Okay, very good. They will listen to your ideas, your feelings, and respect it. Anybody else? Yes, over there. Okay, very good. Same level of understanding, right? Somebody else touched on that? Yes, over there. Um, that when there is a conflict that guys will face it together instead of away. Okay, very good. I appreciate that. Yes, Josh? That was You're about to say that. Here's the thing. After about a year and a half, they've done the studies. I've talked to my friends who are counselors. They said after one year and a half, right, the original shine and the strong attractive, attractive feelings are gone, And what happens is, you've got to have a love, many times that's based more than just on feeling, but on duty, obligation, and principle. And although during times of, you know, lovey-dovey in the beginning, you may be able to overcome many of the conflicts. What happens is, when you do not have reciprocation in feelings, in communication, it becomes difficult if you do not know how to resolve issues and conflicts. People who know how to resolve conflicts together are wonderful couples. Uh, Vasa, can I borrow you? BJ, let me borrow you real quickly and not tell BJ this. Okay? I talked to this couple. They're a successful couple. They've been married for several years. They're 70 years old. And I asked them, how do you resolve conflict? Okay? Okay, just have conflict with me right now. Go for it. Make make fun of my shirt or something. Why are you Indian? Well, I don't know. You tell me. Uh, say so something hairy. about my dress. Okay, yeah. say something that I can't uh, that I'm choosing to do. Go for it. That you're choosing to do. Yeah, like make fun of my appearance, some of these pants that I'm wearing, the shoes, something I cook. Do something. General Try Erica, to call. You have holes in your socks. Why do you have holes in your socks? Okay, keep he going. does though. Keep. <laughs> oh. keep going. Keep um. going. I don't know. Why do you leave the kitchen messy? Why do you leave the kitchen messy? Go ahead and why say that. Why do you leave the kitchen messy? Okay, very good. Right now, here's the thing. <laughs> it would surprise you how many people, how many married couples have this conflict. So I asked this couple. I said, "How do you resolve conflicts?" And they told me this wonderful secret. They said, "Anytime they sense a strong conflict is about to start, can I borrow your hand?" They will continue the discussion holding hands. Go ahead and argue with me. I can't. Thanks, bro. (laughs) Appreciate that, man. Okay, you get my point. What I'm saying is uh, it doesn't last too long, right? Because as they're being very straightforward and honest, there's also feelings of trust. And look, I love you regardless of our disagreement. You see what I'm saying right here? Oftentimes what takes place is when married couples fight, they want space, and there's a time for that, but there needs to be this time where like, look, we argue, we're going to fight, we're going to work through these issues, but we're going to make it, and we're going to sit down and talk through this issue, right? Amen? Okay, take a good look at the next one. Commitment. What does that mean? Oh, they need to be committed to me. They got to possess this commitment. How how are you going to be able to tell that before you get into a relationship with them? Hear what their what? Their Hear what their friends may have to say. Okay, very good. Yes? When they follow through on projects that don't even involve relationships. Just follow oh, very good. Right? Their follow through. Yes? If their loyalty to their parents. Their loyalty with their parents. So you're saying the loyalty to their parents is connected to the potential loyalty to you. Right? Very good. I appreciate that. Anybody else? Yes? Someone who respects your time, they're not late. Okay. Someone who respects your time, they're not late. Anybody else? Yes. The, they have. the kinds of friends they have. Show me their friends, right? And I'll show you who they are, right? Can you be specific on that, what that means? Like if he has cheating friends, you might more him. You might suspect, although it's not a done deal, you may suspect the same of him, right? One more person. You two. Huh? How would you gauge your self-control prior to getting into the relationship? Okay, very good. Yes. Okay. they Okay, very good. Very good. Okay, here's the thing. You want to take try it. Well, go ahead. Watch them play sports. Watch them play sports. Last time Tiger Woods plays pretty good golf. I'm just causing some trouble and trying to provoke thoughts here, okay? Here's the thing. You're right. I appreciate that, right? Their sportsmanship is very important, right? Okay, here's the thing. This is an extremely important thing I'm going to bring up to you. I taught this to my uh, youth kids and my young adults and my church, and I said this. When you're examining someone's Christian life, if they have never struggled with God and actually sacrificed something to Him, that's usually a good indication of what their loyalty to God looks like. I hope you get the point I'm trying to make. And let me just, let me just give you an example. Um, one of my friends, he was interested in somebody. And, uh, you know, they were talking and stuff. And this person grew up, you know, in the church. And then he asked a question. He's like, have you ever struggled with something? Have you ever, like, wrestled with God? Like, you sense the conviction, God saying, you need to give this up. And they're like, no, I've never had that kind of conviction before. Okay, here's the thing. You're in a relationship with God. One of the things that God is going to be doing is taking away the things that hurt you. And usually a good indication is, is if they've ever had some kind of conflict, some kind of wrestling with God, that's a good sign. It really is a good sign. Someone says, I was struggling with TV. I had to give it up. That was a sacrifice they had to make because there was a conviction taking place. Someone says, well, I really never gave up anything. That's usually a good sign there really isn't life, too much life in their relationship with God. You test this out, and you see if I'm telling the truth on this issue. The last thing is this. Chemistry. <laughs> is chemistry really a non-negotiable? Okay, someone please be specific on what that means. Okay, we can have all the other characteristics, but I can do without the chemistry. Yes. It doesn't mean it has to be you know, hot and heavy at the beginning. It can be a gradual thing, but you should be attracted to characteristics of that person. Okay, there should be attraction, right? Will God ever call you to marry somebody you don't love? Absolutely not. We've been giving counsel on that. God would never call you to marry someone you don't love. Huh? Oh, he loved her? Because he kept going back to her. <laughs> Look at these guys. Here's the thing. One of the greatest expressions you have of God's love for humanity is in the story of Hosea, how God keeps going after a faithful wife. Now, there is a specific, uh, you can say, a specific kind of introduction, how he meets her, right? And God was behind that very clearly. But the love of God was in that man for her, Right? And maybe you got a point there. I'm still going to not accept what you're saying, though. <laughs> Anybody else? Anybody else? What does chemistry mean? Like, couldn't you like the other five characteristics so much that you're attracted to that person for those things rather than just initial right, or even gradual? Like- what if they got all the characteristics and the looks aren't there? Because I know a lot of godly people who have all those other characteristics. <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> okay, I, well, that, that's how you feel. I appreciate that, right? That's what he's saying. Yes? thing is, you have to love a person despite physical, because when you get old and you get wrinkly, you're you're going to still want to have
1: that sort of physical. You're married, right?
0: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Did your wife's looks matter to you? But I appreciate that. It wasn't the only characteristic, right? Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Does chemistry matter? Yes. I would say, yeah, while looks can bring attraction, there's attraction that comes outside of looks. Yeah, that's right. If you have that, then you wonder if if, if there will be staying power. Then if you spend time with them, is the attraction growing? That's right. Very good. If it's not growing, maybe that's not a good sign. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yes, one more right there. Well, I'm asking you. Because I have, a, okay. I know a lot of couples who actually were arranged in their marriages. Okay. And so, in the beginning, they told me that they had no attraction for each other. Okay. But as they spent time in developing and developed a relationship, they saw the other five things on that list. They developed an attraction. So, you know, you can argue that if you have the previous five, you can develop the six. So. So let me ask you a question. Do you think that was based upon? cultural norms that were instilled into the individual that taught him those kinds of things? Because in the Indian culture, for example, there's arranged marriages that take place all the time, and they say, well, it's more successful. But the, the, the difference is they were instilled from the day they were born with certain kinds of cultural norms, so it was expected and put into their, ingrained into their minds. So, you know, things like submission and things like we, we're going to push through this, things like divorce is not an option was part of that relationship, or uh, uh, you can say um, initial things, preliminary things, before they actually got into the relationship. Would you say that's the case? Well, maybe somewhat, okay. but at the same time, I don't think you can fake a happy marriage. That's true. So, <laughs> so you, know, you can't say, like, I've been programmed by my culture to have a happy marriage. Okay. So you know, there must be some element of attraction that develops. Are they yeah. like happy? <laughs> Yes, one over there. Yes. My question is How can you call yourself Christ centered if appearances matter at all? Yeah. Wait a minute. <laughs> Did you guys hear what he just said? <laughs> does God love beauty? Not the outward beauty. Oh, God doesn't love it. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. But does God love beauty? He does, right? And chemistry is more than just physical attraction. Chemistry is also, obviously, the mental, the emotional connection. One more right over there in the back. I think maybe what you were going for was lust versus Because lust is a strict, like superficial craving, complaint. unregulated desire, right? Okay, very good. I appreciate everything you guys said. I'm coming down to the end of this. Okay, here's the thing. Do you guys have these non-negotiables down? Yes or no? Okay, give me a general category of non-negotiable real quickly. Somebody. Give me one. Christ-centered. Very good. Number two. What else? Compatibility. What else? Commitment. Commitment, What else? What? Character. Character. What else? Communication. Communication. What else? (laughs) Confl- conflict. <laughs> there needs to be conflict. <laughs> Chemistry, right? Very good. Okay, here's the thing. The reason why, now I'm just teasing you guys, okay? I appreciate you guys are one of the best audiences I've ever had. Here's the thing. I want you guys to remember these things because these are things you need to start praying about. Look, if we're just praying, God just brings somebody to me, what happens is you're asking God to remove a growth process God wants you to participate in. Because here's the thing, what happens is people who just feel like God just brought us together and we know we're meant together is that when abuse happens, oftentimes they will say, The will of God is still commanding me to stay in this abusive relationship. You see my point here? And it removes certain kinds of growing um, aspects God wants you to participate in. So as we're putting these things together, these are things we need to start praying about. Be very general. But then start being very specific. I mean, if you want to marry the snowboarder, Adventist Brad Pitt, you can do that, right? But be specific and bring that before the Lord. Here's the thing. You will see God's answers that will take place. But if you don't ever bring those requests, what happens is it's hard to always define what God is up to. Am I making sense so far? So when you're thinking about choosing the right person, don't wait till you see the right person. Start thinking about these things. Show yourself to be intelligent. Before you, you know, lay out the, before you just grow plants, you have to make sure the soil's good. You've got to check on certain things. And as things happen, what happens is, isn't there this quick rush of emotion and you find yourself trapped in something that's hard to get out? Lay down those things. Start praying about it. The Bible says, Philippians 4:6. be anxious for what? Nothing, Not even this. But in prayer, but by everything, by prayer and what? And supplication with what? Thanksgiving. What's the difference between prayer, supplication, and thanksgiving? Prayer is when you're bringing requests before God. Supplication is when you're pleading before God. Thanksgiving is your praise in faith to what God is going to do. Now watch this. Let your requests be made known to God through those three avenues of prayer, supplication, and thanksgiving. And the peace of God will what? which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. God will guide you faithfully. Amen? Amen. Thank you so much for enduring. We stayed a little bit longer. We started a little bit late. But God will bless you for your desire to follow him and glorify him. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we just thank you so much for this time. And God, we are thinking a lot about this subject. Lord, we just pray you would help us to be intentional and thoughtful and mindful, just as you were when you created the world details matter. And so, Lord, we looked at non-negotiables and as we deal with tomorrow's topic about how we go about to find people like that. Lord, we just pray and ask you would bless us. May your peace be in each person's heart today. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. See you guys tonight. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more.